The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Sure. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Don Rose joins us from U.S. Commodities. The first trading day of November. This year is quickly flying by, and boy, we jumped into November with a serious bang. If you miss the soybeans mar- soybean markets, that is, today, you're going to be in for a shocker when you log in to look at what has happened. And Don, I tell you, the beans traded higher. They settled a little bit back from where we saw them trade during the day, but I don't think anybody's going to complain about the positive numbers we're dealing with. No, exactly. I mean, we pushed the soybeans up at one time, up 36 cents a bushel. And, you know, the market was really primed for a rally. We uh, came into today oversold. The fund sitting with 70,000 contracts of soybeans short, largest position short since January. Uh, basis, the farmers basically uh, harvest is, start, is wrapping up. Basis levels are starting to firm up. End user trying to get covered. And so you kind of had that kind of setup and a new month uh, starting. And then really the catalyst was uh, President Trump putting out a tweet that was more positive on trade, saying that he did have a conversation with President uh, Xi of China. And it was a positive talk, and it was centered around trade, and he said he was optimistic. And that's all it took to make the shorts nervous and short covering ensued. Well, I know he said to meet with him right around the 30th of November. So hopefully we can start and end this month of November on a very positive note when it comes to trade in China. Yeah, you know, and I think that's it. And I think the real question mark uh, is hopefully we get something uh, that is a positive. And then I think we're going to find out, does uh, China still view us as a reliable supplier? As they've got things well in place, uh, Susan, uh, they've uh, got uh, Brazil is going to start their early harvest, hard to believe, the end of December, early January. Uh, China has also cut back their meal usage uh, anywhere from 1% to 5%. And, uh, thinking, and then they bought uh, various things, uh, peas, sunflower, seed, uh, others, canola, around the world to kind of bridge the gap. So are we going to be able to chew into that as they've got things well underway. Those are all question marks going forward. And I think another question mark, we are less than a week from the midterm election. Is that adding any sort of excitement, some pessimism, some worrisome? What's going on there? Well, you know, I think it is one. I think the trade's going to watch close because uh, if if you have a divisive type of uh, a Congress and a president or a divisive Senate and the president do we get as much uh, accomplished as as we uh, should or you would want the administration to? So I think it will be watched very close, and that will be a speed bump uh, next week, a big focus as we get closer to the uh, crop report on Thursday. So it will be a Tuesday-Thursday event next week that's going to be watched closely. Oh, very much so. Do you have any early thoughts on this November 8th report? Well, you know, our uh, from our standpoint, you know, we work with people across the whole Midwest, you know, a big range, and uh, we're really running into more variability. We have some monster yields in some areas. Then you get into the northern uh, Corn Belt, into northern Iowa, southern Minnesota, with, uh, Wisconsin area, and even some others where the yields really just are, are quite disappointing. And then you have the monster yields of Illinois. Um, and then the eastern corn belt, we're still going to have some, uh, you know, late harvest here. It looks like they're going to turn wet. So I think it all adds up to 
from our vantage point, we think that uh, the crop shrank in the uh, from September to October, and we think it shrinks again from October to uh, November, and then again into the final, most likely. So that's a, uh, that's what we think. So typically, Susan, we have some seasonalities, and seasonally, this is a quite negative time of year for corn and wheat. Seasonally, we go down into Thanksgiving. Soybeans are more of a, a ratchet higher going into the end of the year. But if the crop gets smaller, those seasonals are contra-seasonal. You go up versus down. So that's the uh, that's why we want to watch this report very close. Dabbling of the dollar went a little lower today. Is that going to continue to help these grain prices in the near term? You know, I think the uh, dollar being lower was really what sparked the uh, the wheat market off of the off the bottom here. Uh, wheat was the early leader overnight due to the weaker dollar. And then after the uh, the president's uh, tweet, you know, things went more positive in the soybeans, and they turned in to be the leader. But there's no doubt that uh, uh, a weaker dollar means a better export potential. So uh, it was also uh, added to the fuel to the fire here today to the upside. And there's some weather concerns moving back in. I know they're talking heavy rains. I saw pictures from last night of hail that hit some of the areas of southern Texas and just completely devastated and, and ruined cotton crops down there before they could get in to harvest them. So as we look at the weather pattern as this rain and stuff continues to move into the eastern corn belt, is that going to be kind of a, a dark cloud over this grain market? You know, I think it's one that just is another uh, nail out here in the coffin of the big yields because, uh, you know, there's no doubt that uh, we're having some issues with uh, the rain and, and uh, crop loss out here. Uh, as much as three to five uh, bushels an acre less on uh, soybeans, you know, after the rain is before the rain, and that'll accentuate itself over in the eastern corn belt. And then even when you look at the wheat, we were expecting these big uh, winter wheat plantings, and it's been wet there, and so probably not going to get that big, uh, even some uh, prevent plant. So, and like you mentioned on the cotton, you know, just too much rain there too. So, uh, it was not, uh, this ideal harvest as we still basically have about 30% of the crop, uh, in the field here yet to get out. And, uh, you know, the late harvest means, uh, usually typically poorer yields. And poorer quality, uh, of, for example, the soybeans coming out of the field as they've had a lot of it weather issues going into it well we've had some big issues with the soybeans from quality because of just too much rain some of those pods just got too close to the ground and it caused even some sprouting and then you know that's damaged soybeans and then how do you blend them in with the others and what do you do with them and do you try to blend them out do you put them in a separate bin so that's caused you know some uh, other issues for the producer at the same time so this was not the uh, harvest that you had hoped for that uh, nice sunny dry harvest and uh, a good quality crop so very much so stick around folks we've got more of the fontanelle final bell coming up after this on the rural radio network you Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we're being joined today by Don Rose of U.S. Commodities. We look at the markets. We were talking a little bit about the weather that's been thrown into this trade and the, and the factors that it's been having. But what about South America? You did mention, you know, we're looking December, early January. They're going to start their harvest. What are you hearing from your sources south of the border? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And I think when you look at South America, so far they're off to uh, a record fast planting pace. That's number one. There's been no real weather issues in Brazil. Uh, Argentina has had uh, some minor uh, issues. 
uh, but too dry, but not a big big deal. They're expected moisture here going forward in the uh, six to ten and eleven to uh, fifteen day forecast. So, uh, but when you look at the supplies, last year remember they had a dry drought condition. They had supplies that were uh, were were uh, down um, due to the dry drought conditions. This year they're supposed to bounce back. South America as a whole, their soybean production whopping 850 million bushels. That's the issue. Their corn production is going to be up close to a billion bushels in South America. So you've got a lot of competition coming at us. I guess what I'm saying is our window of opportunity uh, on soybeans will close quickly after you get past the first of the year. Hopefully we get something with China. The uh, corn competition we didn't have last year because of their dry drought, we're going to run into that. So um, it's an El Nino year also, Susan, which means that uh, growing conditions down there for the most part is a warmer, wetter condition in Brazil. And so that means uh, big crops uh, potential. Before we jump over to the livestock side, any thoughts on the baseline uh, projections tomorrow? Yeah, and that's a good point. The baseline projections are going to be out tomorrow morning. And basically what the baseline projections are, there are budgetary uh, projections by our uh, uh, budget uh, government uh, putting out some numbers to use. And uh, the trade's going to watch those, I think, closely to see what the government says about yield, what they say about production uh, for next year. Uh, and really probably the key is going to be the acre mix that they're using. Are we going to see these acres jump up big versus uh, uh, last year on corn and down on soybeans? And along that line, Susan, in 2007-2008, corn acres jumped 15 million, uh, over 15 million acres from the prior year, and soybeans down 11 million acres. So you can have some big switch. That's when soybeans in September of 2007 were down uh, under six dollars at five sixty four, and that was the uh, catalyst along for a switch to acres. Along with uh, ethanol, was really starting to be the big boom. Well, speaking of booms, let's look over to the livestock side of the trade. You're talking about maybe a bust going on for the markets in the hogs. Yeah, you know, I think the hog market is clearly one of those. It's a it's a boom bust type of market. Uh, you know, highly dependent on the supplies uh, are record large. There's no doubt about that. Um, from a optimism standpoint, the trade is uh, is really dialed in a big premium for African swine fever, and, and that that uh, swine fever in China will equate to large demand. That's a big if. We've got uh, summer hogs sitting about three dollars off of the highs that we had last year. We think we fully dialed in a seasonal rally on both hogs and cattle. So you have to be very careful. Uh, when we're $20 plus over the government projections for next year. Yeah, you talk about that swine fever, and I've had many pork producers that have mentioned it, and we've talked about it with other commodity guys as well. They're concerned that those numbers that are coming out of China aren't true to numbers and that there's going to be a surprise down the road of it being much larger affected in the swine herd than what's being said now. Yeah, let's put it in perspective. If you look at China, they're the largest uh, pork producer in the world by far. Um, and 47% of their hogs are raised in backyard operations. So when you look at it, it is very hard to get a real handle on that. And I think that's the real fear. And so I would say it's a very much an unknown. And I think that's part of the reason that we have the big premiums in the market. Look at this cattle market. Do you feel like the cattle's on the mature side? Yeah, you know, when you look at the cattle market, we think so. I mean, if you look at the uh, cattle, we're going to have 3.6% uh, more uh, uh, beef uh, next year than this year. That's along with uh, 5% more pork, and that's 1.8% more poultry. So um, 
we think that it's been a surprising strong demand domestically that's really held us together. So if the demand sets back just a little bit, we think that the supplies of all these meats will probably overwhelm us. And not that we're going to go into a complete bear market, but we might be reaching an area where we're a bit mature, uh, you know, for right now, uh, for the next 30 days. That is, uh, unless we get into some weather problems, which is always a great equalizer on uh, the cattle market. Cash hasn't taken place yet this week. Do we see a pickup late today into tomorrow, possibly? Well, we think this is a, a time frame where the uh, futures market may be stalled here, but the cash market continues to move higher. So we think, uh, you know, we could trade steady this week and then maybe another dollar higher the week after that. And then we think that might be enough to the upside. Uh, and then we look at to see what happens with weather and what happens with our demand in the holiday season. Lots of stuff to think about. Best way for folks to reach you, Don? You bet. Uh, they can reach us at one 800 247 4071. All right, sounds good. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.